for the week of April 11th, 2021. This is Mojo Weekly. I'm John. Excuse the rumors. Let me introduce myself. I'm your boy, Josh. And this week we're doing something a little different. No news this week because there ain't shit going on. So we're going to talk about what we're playing instead. We're going to talk about just a handful of random games that we've been enjoying. And Josh, I'm going to let you start with... uh, a game that I played a couple of years ago and loved, uh, Persona 5. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably about four or five hours into Persona 5. Just got to the point now where we kind of got locked in the prison system underneath the school and all the teachers are acting all goofy and things are just all upside down and messed up. I, I, you know, obviously the jury's out on this one. Um, I do like the Persona games. Um, I haven't played three or four. I think I played one or two on the PlayStation Portable. Oh, wow, man. Uh, Um, but I like it. I like it so far. It's cool. It's good to see turn-based um, role-playing still alive and well um, and being featured, you know, a lot by Sony, especially giving it away for free with the PlayStation 5 owners and stuff. So yeah, that's super cool. Um, and it's kind of a shame, too, that Square, I mean, obviously we got the Bravely Default games and, and other things that they're still doing some turn-based stuff, but it's mm-hmm. so sad that they've completely shifted away from those turn-based type games in the Final Fantasy franchise games. Um it's it's weird. It's just like, I, I I get this like feeling of like God Persona Five. It's so fun. It's so neat. And then it's like I wonder what Square's up to these days. And it's like oh yeah, there isn't any any new Final Fantasy that's going to be an, even comparable to it. But um yeah. Um, but, but this game, this game. So with the Persona games, I've been I've actually been playing them since three. So three, four, and five. Um, I went back and tried, I think, uh, tried to play a bit of Persona 1 on either the Vita or the PSP, and I was like, okay, this is, uh, it it doesn't have all the quality of life stuff that we've come to expect over the past 20-some years, right? So I found it, I found it a little clunky. Um, but, uh, three, four, and five, I played all of them. I've never finished one because damn, these games are long, um, but style-wise, I love the style of these games. They just ooze cool and style you know the music uh the art style the graphics all that stuff um that's that's really what keeps me coming back to it and along with you know uh, it almost feels like you're playing an anime you know like you're playing a really cool stylistic anime and that's you know that's that's the stuff that keeps me coming along (laughs) doing all right over there you you having some you haven't you are the kids busting your balls no, no, they're good. They're they're telling me to to move on. They don't like Persona. Oh, so, oh, like enough with that Persona kid, business. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I was playing it a little bit last night, and they both kind of walked in and like, "What you playing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm playing this really cool game. This is us right now. I'm trapped in the prison cell." And they're like, "Wow, dialogue, 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 <laughs> yeah. dialogue." Yeah. What, what, when's the game actually start? It's which is fine. I think I think in the three hours I played so far, I've been in what four four battles so far, maybe. And I'm just yeah. kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's 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 fine. I'll 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 play. Who knows until when? I'll get to a certain point and then I'll be like, "Yep, yeah, next." Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I generally do with Persona games. So for Persona Five, I got through. I think maybe like the second big um, dungeon or whatever they call them. Um, and I was like, "Yep, it's good. I did it." Uh, and if I want to finish this, it'll be another you know year of my life. But I, I'm going to move on. Um, but I, I tend to dabble in these games and, and because they always lure me in with their style. Uh, you gave me an awesome segue though. Uh, you mentioned Bravely Default and, yes, uh, sir. 
and I picked up Bravely Default 2 against my better judgment. Um, and man, I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, I really love it. Yeah. Um, I, again, it's a game that I'll most likely never finish because these, you know, 80 hour RPGs are, I rarely, um, other than right. like, other than like Dragon Quest games, I rarely put in the time required for them. Um, but, uh, so I know that this game isn't probably the best RPG released in the past five, 10 years, um, as far as quality of story and graphics and whatnot, but what it does really, um, what it does for me and what I love about it is the quality of life stuff. Um, RPGs are, in my opinion, they tend to be a chore to play. I enjoy them. I have a good time with them, but it's like, if you take on an RPG, like it's an undertaking, you know, you're going to be there for a while. And I hate the ones that don't respect your time, you know, that make you wade through menus that the load, the load time sucks. The battle system is tedious. Um, this, uh, Bravely Default 2 uh, does away with all my complaints about turn-based uh, RPGs and it, it it respects your time so much so that it understands that yes this is a difficult game you're gonna it's 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 a it's a challenge um, you, you're gonna go up against bosses that you're gonna be like oh I got this and then like halfway through the boss battle which you've been doing for like 20 minutes um, uh, the boss all of a sudden decides to go fucking ape shit and just kill you in like two sh- two shots, and so it, it is a difficult game. But uh, what it does is allow people who don't have time to sit and grind and um, play for hours on end every day, it allows them to level up and progress without even playing the game. Um, and this sounds like a weird concept, but I love it. Um, you go to this uh, this shop in every village, pretty much. Um, and this lady gives you a boat so you can go adventuring. And uh, and what, what that really means is you go to the shop, you say, yep, I'm going to start adventuring. You save your game, you put it in sleep mode, you come back 12 hours later, and you got a whole bunch of items and loot. It's awesome. Because, what? Because in theory, your character, while you were away, has been adventuring around the, the countryside and finding stuff. And, um, no yeah, it's great. And so you'll come back and you'll be like, oh, look, I got 5,000 gold. Sweet. And you'll come back and it'll be like, oh, I've got this orb that ups my experience points, or I've got this orb that ups my job points, um, or ups my magic points, you know? Um, so you don't have to spend all that time grinding. So what I do is I check in on this game twice a day, whether or not I have time to play it. I wake up in the morning, I pour myself my cup of tea, log into work, pull out Bravely Default 2, uh, check my adventure, collect all my loot, go adventuring again, put it in sleep mode, put it away and go about my day. And then at night I do the same thing. I'm like, all right, if I don't have time, I'm going to log in quick just to collect my loot. And the reason I do that is because they only give you a 12 hour limit. So it's Mm. not like you can leave it on for months on end and then just like (laughs) beat, beat the game on your next, you know, on your next playthrough. Um, uh, so you have to do it. Like it, it only lets you adventure for 12 hours at a time. Um, and man, I've leveled up like a mofo just doing that. And then I've been like, all right, I'm going to go to this next dungeon. And then I lay waste to all those underpowered monsters in the dungeon. So I I get that for some people it's like, oh, well, you're not really playing the game and sure. Whatever nerd. Uh, my thing is, is like, I don't have time to play the game, honestly, like to play the game in the standard, I'm going to grind the fuck out of the field and, you know, wander around the desert and battle the same seven enemies. 4,000 times so I can level up. I just don't have that time or, frankly, the patience. Um, so it's been great for me. Um, 
The other thing, though, not just that, is like everything about the game is streamlined and uh, functions really well. The menu system is super snappy and 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 it's all laid out beautifully. Um, you can set your character to run permanently so you don't have to like just wander around slowly. Like it's all like little minor details where you're like, man, I wish every RPG did stuff like this to make life easier. Yeah. It's got that earthbound thing where if you're wandering around the field and you see enemies that are um, lower powered than you, um, they run away. Right. And, and nice. you know, because you can see it's not random battles that they're all you can see all your enemies on the screen. So if they're if they're uh, if they're lower powered than you, they run away. So you don't have to worry about fighting every single low level monster that you see. I love shit like that because it's like, yeah, I get it. I don't want to waste my time battling these low level monsters if I'm just if I don't need to. So anyway, uh, it's the story is whatever you're searching for the crystals, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's typical RPG story. The, the dialogue, however, and the voice acting and the music are all spectacular, like fucking 10 really? out of 10 type shit. Um, whoever did the translation and, uh, uh, uh and the, the voice acting and the localization, like did an amazing job. It's really, really well done. So I recommend That's it. Awesome. Josh, I believe next on your list is odd world. We're gonna jump right into Oddworld, huh? Yeah, let's do well, it. Well, I think with um with the you know release of the new Oddworld Soulstorm game on the PlayStation Four and Five, and I don't even know if it's on Xbox or not, but um I I was able to jump in and play about two hours worth it. I got worth of it. I got uh through I think the very first area, and I started to dabble into the second area. Um, it's 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 both awesome and it's both kind of a no i wouldn't say disappointment but it's kind of a slight letdown um that it really feels like they're really focusing at least in the early going of this game and from what i saw from trailers and gameplay stuff they're really focusing on the first two games which is abe's odyssey and abe's exodus like um they're kind of retelling the story through a different view where it's like years later and abe is like this like um symbol of like um freedom and everything and they're like oh my god it's abe he's a walking god you know basically and all these uh, other um, other mod- modicons or mo- mogunans. Ah, sorry, I can't remember what they're called. But I've the other it. kind of, of his species are they basically worship and they worship him and they're like you know um, protecting him and and whatever else. And so there's a lot of like uh, storyline that goes on, like it has been years since the original Oddworld games. But where this sort of disappointment comes in um, is that there are other Oddworld games. There's Munchie's Odyssey and then um, Stranger's Wrath. And um, Stranger's Wrath had a HD remake that came out, I believe, and I think they re-released them again on PS4 and um, you know Xbox One and stuff. But I, I just—it's kind of a bummer that those characters are never like ever brought back and never mentioned again yeah. in, in this game. I was not not saying it needs to be like this huge big thing, but it'd be kind of cool to see Stranger, or at least a mention of Stranger's Wrath or something like it had happened even if it was a very different side of the odd world inhabitants world or whatever. Um, but um, going all the way back to the PlayStation original, I remember that style of game. Um, I remember so much of the, um, was it silicone and synapse that did the um, out of this world and flashback. And oh yeah. Prior to, prior to that, there was Prince of Persia and that style of game and um, I shit you not, I played Metal Gear Solid, I played uh, Final Fantasy VII, and I played Tomb Raider on the PlayStation and thought, well, those are really great games, but I'm okay with my Sega Saturn. I'm still okay <laughs> with Saturn. 
And then I played Oddworld, and that, when I found out that was only coming out for the PlayStation, and me and my buddy sat and played that one night, we just got through, I don't know how much of the game, but it was so good and so compelling and just such interesting storyline, and it it built onto that same concept of, like, out of this world and flashback and, you know, Prince of Persia style of gameplay. I was like, fuck it, damn it. So I grabbed my Saturn, grabbed all my games, went to trade it into GameStop, and luckily they did not take Sega Saturn stuff for some reason <laughs> at that point. So I was stuck with my Saturn, which thankfully was a blessing in disguise because I still love my Saturn. Yeah. Um, but it it made me like save up money to get a PlayStation and to get the Oddworld game because it was just so much fun and so unique and the storyline was quirky and fun and man, it's just it's so good. And if you want a 2D, a strategy platforming game with tons of puzzles and tons of great dialogue and tons of you know, gore. I mean, shit, there's a lot of gore in that game too. You, you like turn into like. It's like you're in a big meat factory and you can jump into the grinders and get chopped up into pieces and just hack and slash everywhere. And yeah. you can use and your, there's a fart uh, button, you know, there is a fart button. And the, <laughs> the crazy thing is, and I, I don't know what it is that I enjoy about the stupid little odd little things like the PlayStation five can do. But, um, yeah, all of all of Abe's talking comes through your microphone on the or the little speaker on your um, controller now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking and stuff, it all comes up. Right. Abe's just like, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. Come with me. Well, we so, gotta go. Come on. Uh, so this game is uh, is uh, comes with the PlayStation Plus membership. Yes, it does. Yep. Awesome. I think uh, it's just for PS5 people, I'm but I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, uh, the remake of the original Odd World I thought was really great. Um, it is really great. I played that on PS4 and I loved it. Um, and and that and I had played a little bit of it. Uh, originally on PS1, but uh, I played a lot more of the remake. Um, the I new and tasty, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, this so. one, uh, this one feels a lot like that. Good. So there isn't any uh, 3D running around or anything. No Stranger's Wrath first-person view. No Munchies Odyssey 3D style of like Mario 64 style gameplay. It's it's very much like the original uh, 2D game in a 3D realm, 2.5D if you want to call it that. Nice. So, not to saying that I'm, I, I don't know, I guess that was, the new and tasty game was a lot of fun. I loved it. It was really cool to replay it again. Yeah. But now it feels almost, this feels a little bit almost Pokemon-y. Like we played the same game and now here's the third iteration with a brand new console and a brand new style. And sure, it's 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 advanced and there's new stuff. And like now you can throw bottles of water and stuff or, or bottles of uh, alcohol or bottom bombs and, and water and stuff using the left analog stick, which is kind of neat. You can like click it down and hold it and he aims and you can like throw it. And yeah, there's a lot, there's of course new, um, new mechanics and stuff, but it's, uh, we'll see. It's, it's, it feels like a good day, a, a damn good sequel. We'll see how much it winds up being. Speaking of damn good sequels, I've been playing Yakuza seven song of life. Um, I am about, I think about 12 hours in on this sucker. Um, and it, it, uh, so this is, uh, this is the first Yakuza game to be like an RPG style. Um, so it's got turn-based battles rather than your fast paced beat em up. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I love this series. So I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot. It's also the first game, um, uh, outside of the Kazuma Kiryu saga. And, uh, so you've got a brand new protagonist uh, and you, you've, you've had multiple protagonists in the past, but this is the first one that doesn't focus on Kiryu in any shape or form, unless you're counting uh, judgment, which was a side story in general. But, um, this guy's name is Ichiban and, uh, 
Uh, he's he's wacky, kooky, kind of a he, he's a he, he's like a forty year old dude fresh out of prison, and uh, he's he's got a goofy sense of humor, not quite as stoic as as uh, Kiryu. Um, but anyway, the the game I'm not a hundred percent like this is my jam, you know. Um, <laughs> and and this sure. and this is coming from a pretty solid Yakuza fan. Um, it's it's good. I enjoy it. Uh, the turn-based stuff is fine, um, I, and I love the tongue-in-cheek stuff because it's modeled very, very much after like it's like a parody of Dragon Quest almost, right? And mm-hmm. and and this the Yakuza series has made multiple references to Dragon Quest in the past, so obviously the creators are fans. Um, but this one it it's, it makes some really funny tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, nods to yeah. Dragon Quest. Um, the story kind of drags a bit, though. You know, I'm on like I don't know chapter five or six or something out of I think there are twelve or fourteen. I can't remember. Um, and so it it goes down rabbit holes, and you're not quite sure where the story's going, and you're just like this part's tedious and. There are a lot of battles sometimes, so a lot of my time is spent like I see, I see thugs walking around the street ahead of me, and I'm like, I'm just gonna slip down this alley so I don't have to do another freaking turn-based battle because yeah. I've had it, I've had it today. You know, I just want to get back to my base, save the damn game, and shut it off. I don't want to, you know, do yet another battle. So I mean, that's you know, that's just kind of standard with RPGs in general. Um, but, uh, if, if there's one thing, uh, the straight up vanilla Yakuza series had going for it was if you ran into some thugs on the street, you can beat their ass in like 15 seconds and be on your merry yeah. way. You don't have to, you don't have to spend like five, five ish minutes in a turn-based battle. Um, but anyway, it, gorgeous. I'm playing it on PS5. I'm playing the PS5 version. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, the load times are such that. Um, like Ghost of Tsushima, like the load times are such that you can't even read the tip messages between loading screens, you know, or no in the loading screen. Yeah, it's like it, it get you, you get a loading screen and it's like half a second long. And you're like, what was that tip? Oh well, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess I didn't need a tip anyway. Um, and that's something that I've been thinking about, man. I've been thinking about like it would be nice to just like give me a courtesy tip, you know pad the load i never thought i'd be pining for load times you know because i'm like i want to see that tip what was that like how do i get more money what fuck now i got to go through the menus to find that tip you know um maybe just give me a nice courtesy five second load time just so i can read what you're putting on the screen um but that's just kind of a weird concept to think of damn it give me longer load times right um, how weird but anyway it's fun you're you're not in at least uh at least uh at the part of the game that i'm playing you're not in uh um uh Kamurocho, like you've usually been you're in yokohama like an area of yokohama and it's it's cool i like the tra- uh, the the change of setting uh because man i mm-hmm. i know i know Kamurocho like the back of my hand i can tell you where everything is i can i can start giving tours right. of that fucking place i'd be a tour guide <laughs> i've i've played through that fucking city so many times in so many games but uh it's fun it's fun it's on pretty much every damn console you can find except for switch so uh i i like it and if you've never played a yakuza game it's a perfectly fine uh time to jump in because it's a, the beginning of like a brand new saga brand new story um so if just because it's the seventh game in the quote-unquote mainline series doesn't mean it's not a good place to jump in just uh just expect a lot of dialogue and a lot of turn-based stuff so uh, look at you with all this turn-based oh what shit, has happened? 
I'm also playing freaking, it's not turn-based, but I'm also playing Monster Hunter, which is like another 8,000-hour game. I don't know what I'm doing to myself. But uh, I talked about that last week. Um, Josh, you've been wanting to talk about this one for a while, which amuses me, and I can't wait to find out why you want to talk about Donkey Kong 3. Not Donkey Kong Country 3, uh, Donkey Kong 3. Yeah, I, I have been wanting to talk about Donkey Kong because in March you guys did your intergalactic shmupification month. Sure. And uh, <laughs> you, you failed to include one of the best shoot-em-ups on the NES. And it's great because it's an awesome game um, in general. I think it's actually, if I was considering mainline Donkey Kong games, like if you're yeah. going Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, I don't know where you go from there. Was a country, then 64, then whatever. Like... There's one game in that series that is completely bonkers off the wall, has nothing to do with the rest of it. It seems yeah. like, I mean, outside of the Donkey Kong character being in it um, himself, and you're not even playing as Donkey Kong, like, it's just an experiment ever. You play as Stanley the Bugman. Yeah. You uh, play in a very shoot 'em up style. I, I think, like, now, now, this came out in 83. So in 83, you had Galaga coming out, or was it Galaxian, maybe? Galaxian, Galaga, Space Invaders was obviously a big thing at the time. Centipede was out. Like, shooters in, in arcades and shooters on, like, Nintendo platforms or Famicom, and um, prior to that, you know, Atari and ColecoVision and all that were so big, and Nintendo didn't really have an answer yeah. for shoot-em-ups. I think what they... What, they did have a space shooter game, but I don't think... I, I can't recall it off the top of my head. Mm, I don't so, remember. like... For whatever reason, you know, Donkey Kong was out and they were going in this direction with it to try to, like, bring in people to say, like, hey, we've got a shooter, too, and this is this is it, and it's it's bizarre as all fuck, and here we go. Yeah. So he plays Stanley the Bugman, um, this character that you have in the middle of the game, um, right on the... Pl- so it's like a platformer shoot-em-up. Um, I would not call it run-and-gun because it's single-stage screens... Um, where all these bugs and all these things are starting to come down off these hives, and Donkey Kong is on these two ropes climbing down towards you. Now, if a bug touches you, you die. If the bugs steal five of your flower plants, you die. And if Donkey Kong lands on you, you die. So while you are avoiding all the bugs and while you're protecting all of your flowers, you're also shooting Donkey Kong in his butt to get him to go back up the rope to the top to run away that's the entirety of the game <laughs> yeah. right there you kind of keep um alter or uh, looping these levels there's like three different stages that have different platforming areas and then they're like um there's like this fixed sequence that you keep looping through them over and over again to try to get a high score yeah so there isn't like there's a, there isn't like a, a definite beginning and end of the game but there is this like style of like trying to get through the second or third or fourth loop by the time when you're playing it and the game, the bugs will move faster, the scores are, you're getting higher scores, Donkey Kong's more aggressive, um, they start to not include this super sprayer. So while Donkey Kong's escaping from, from your bug spray up his butthole, he <laughs> accidentally knocks down this super sprayer that's on one of the ropes, and it knocks it down. You can grab it, and then you can shoot him, and everything you shoot with that bug sprayer does like 20 times the amount of damage that it normally would do. And... I don't know how anybody could play this game and not get an adrenaline rush, adrenaline rush, and just enjoy it. Like it's so fun and it was so different, and it's one of those like black sheep of the series. Like it's something Nintendo pretty much just pretends never happened. Although it is on the Switch and it is on Nintendo Online selection of NES carts, which last night, right before I went to bed, I grabbed it, played some some Donkey Kong Three, and I don't. <laughs> 
I don't know why people don't don't ask for more of this. Like, this is something Nintendo could do. I would love to see, like, a little mini version of this. Like, it should have been on, uh, like, what was that, the NES Remixes 1 and 2 that came out on the Wii U? Yeah. Like, they need to do an NES Remix 3 and give us some fucking Donkey Kong 3. Give us, an, give us a remastered version of Donkey Kong 3. Give us something new. Because this is a really cool concept. It's a really fun game. And it definitely, like, has aged so well. Like, I would much rather play Donkey Kong 3 than play Donkey Kong Jr. I'd much rather play this than, like, I mean, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> anyway, so. Sorry. He's telling me to move on. He's, he's saying, yeah, move on. Donkey Kong 3 is boring. But I love it, and I think it's awesome. And it's uh, one of Nintendo's lesser-known shooters that I think are fantastic. So you yeah. should play it. All right, um, I'm going to talk about, uh, this is a mobile game, or, you know, can be. You can also play it on your uh, on your um, MacBook or your Apple TV. But uh, this is uh, an Apple Arcade game called Wonderbox. And uh, the, the hook of this for me, and this is how I'm going to pitch it to you and to people listening, is you, you all loved Super Mario Maker. How about Zelda Maker? Because that's almost what this is. Um, it's, it's a, it's a game where you, uh, where, where you make an adventure game and an, an action adventure game, much in the style of Zelda, but with kind of the visual style of, uh, Captain Toad, you know, it's got that isometric kind of, uh, uh, what do they call it? Like a, like a diorama kind of view, right? Um, hmm. and, uh, and, and, and it's with all the elements of Zelda, you got a hook shot, you've got your sword, you got a shield, um, you've got bombs, you've got a pickaxe, you got all that stuff. Um, and you don't have to make any levels if you don't want. There are plenty of preset levels there for you. You can adventure through all of them. And the idea of which is to, um, give you inspiration to make your own, right? And you can also play other people's levels. So you can share your levels online and play other people's levels. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful, man. It's called Wonderbox. It's, it's fucking wonderful. And what you can do is you can create, you create these little uh, dioramas that are each like an area in like an old school Zelda game, right? Except this is all in 3D. So um, you, can, you can build them up as high as you want. And, you, you know, you can... Uh, turn it around there's a camera stick so you can uh like in like in the captain toad games um you can pan the camera around and find hidden areas within that particular room or stage or whatever and then what you can do is you can start linking those stages together to put hmm. together like an actual full-on adventure and a story and you can add dialogue and and all sorts of stuff you can have it add, you can add characters you can add treasure boxes and keys and locked doors and all sorts of stuff and you can start really like getting almost as intricate with this stuff as you want um it uh it is touchscreen or you can use a controller so i've got the razor kishi controller that i use all the time and i've been uh um, evangelizing all over the chat room and everywhere else because i love it so much or you can use a ps4 or an xbox controller um, and you can play it on your on your screen if you've got an apple tv or Something like that. I, I love it, man. I've been playing it to death over the past week. Um, it's really, really great. Um, now, the thing about it is it's currently exclusive to Apple Arcade. So not only there's quite a barrier of entry. The first barrier is you need an Apple product. The second barrier is you need an Apple Arcade subscription, which is five bucks a month, or you can bundle it in with your Apple One uh, bundle. Um, but I will say if you are a... Um, an Apple user at all, an iOS user or anything, 
um, try out the, at the very least, try out the, um, I think you get like a month free of Apple Arcade. Give it a shot because there's tons of great shit on there. They just like dropped 30 new games on there. So I think there are like 180 games on Apple Arcade. Um, but do the trial and try Wonderbox, man, or at least look up some videos of it. People are making some really great stuff. And like I said, people have been uh, begging for a Zelda maker from Nintendo for a while now. Uh, well, the the next best thing is out there. I'm sure Nintendo, if they, hopefully, if they you know decide to make a Zelda maker, will come out and blow this thing out of the water. But for now, it's good enough for me, man. It's really, really good. So it sounds like you could almost make your own 3D dot heroes with that. Yeah. Yep. Kinda. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good, man. It's really good, and uh, I believe it's fucking might even be multiplayer. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. If if you if you have the IO, if you're at all like on an Apple ecosystem thing, and um, you've got uh, Game Pass, uh, don't let this one uh, pass you by. Not Game Pass, Apple Arcade. Shit, same thing, different, different, different console. different different platform. Yeah, and then you wanted to talk about a Neo Geo game, man. Yeah, yeah. So I wound up uh, picking up a new consoleized MVS uh, recently, and the beauty with MVS is that. Uh, and what is MVS? It's the multi-video system. Um, it's a multiple arcade systems that you would see in arcades back in, in the '90s and in early 2000s, where it was those machines that had like multiple games in them. Would say like you know Magician Lord, Samurai Showdown, whatever. Well, those were Neo Geo in the arcades. Um, and they had um, multiple games per every single arcade unit. Well, a lot of really cool people out there are now making brand new um, consoleized versions of those, um, those basically those uh, JAMA kits. Yeah. So they made it so that you could hook them up to TVs. And I had one a few years ago and didn't really take advantage of it and, and um, also needed to you know, square away some decent money on things. So I wound up selling my, my unit and then wound up getting a kit to put a new one together recently. And it's awesome. I love it. Um, the reason why I'm going through all this backstory on is that I got a game that's called Nightmare in the Dark for the MVS. Um, now, if you're a Neo Geo fan, you might remember in the 90s there was this Neo Geo um, console that came out um, that was kind of a, it was like this system that no one owned. Like, you know, you had to be how how rich to own this thing. It was like yeah. a game game system that sells $600, games were $200 and up. Um, so your, your expense, it's so expensive to own a Neo Geo for games that are, I don't know, kind of uh, maybe a slightly edge better than Neo, than uh, your Genesis and Super Nintendo, but not necessarily leaps and bounds better. Let's just say that. But the system did have a really oh, lengthy... Man, you're going to get some Neo Geo fan hate mail for that. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. Um, I'm willing to defend it. I think PC Engine's better than it all anyway. Anyway, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> um, they had a system, I think came out in 90 or 91. Um, the Neo Geo home console was out by 91, and arcade games that started coming out in 1990. And um, this Nightmare in the Dark game actually came out in the year 2000. So that's way late in its life, life scale. Um, I think that Neo Geo was supported up until like 2002 or three, maybe four. Um, and then it finally kind of went into uh, the moratorium where no more Neo Geo stuff was being made and, and SNK kind of moved on to like, I think the Atomus wave and then like Dreamcast and you know, whatever else came after that sure. PlayStation and stuff. So anyway, Nightmare in the Dark is a really late console um, game that looks just gorgeous. The music's really well done. Um, the type of game that I could compare it to is probably more in line with like a bubble bobble. Bubble bubble. Uh, 
bubble babble and your like rainbow islands and that style of gameplay um uh, that single screen puzzle type game puzzle action platformer type game where um you play as you can do one or two players and you have a bunch of little characters on the screen you got to kind of knock them down into a little ball pick them up and throw them across the screen to knock down the rest of everything and then like say every five or six levels you fight a big boss and it's kind of wash rinse and repeat but the game is really well done it's got a very like halloween theme to it um it sounds like when you're reading the title and you're like nightmare in the dark ooh, this is going to be scary it's more uh tim burton scary rather than like actual like resident evil scary but it's still really really fun yeah. And the game was really, really well done. Um, and a lot of it was uh, one of those weird ones. Like there was uh, Nightmare in the Dark and like Captain Tomaday and then things like there was a Neo Bomberman. Like there's these games that came out that were arcade only and they're really sought after. The MVS versions are really pricey um, and they're hard to find. So that means it never came out on the Neo Geo and it never came out on the Neo Geo CD. Obviously, the CD only had a lifespan from like 94 to 96 or something. It wasn't around very long. Yeah. So this Nightmare in the Dark game, it was never even ported to anything because at the time when it came out in 2000, you're already talking PlayStation 2, uh, the beginning of the GameCube and Xbox. Like, I don't think any, maybe the DS could have gotten a port of this, but it's just one of those weird, like, lost in the arcades um, type games. So the MVS is it, and it's it's interesting, and it's 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 a great game, really fun. I think it only had two programmers, um, like three different artists. Like it's a really small game. Company Eleven uh, de- uh, published it, and the developers were AM Factory. Yeah. Um, like it's got a feel of like Ghosts and Goblins, um, with being a single screen platformer type game. Dude, I'm I'm um, looking at screenshots of it now. It looks gorgeous. Um, it is amazing. Um, so. With getting the MVS recently, um, my girlfriend, Christina, and I, we were hanging out, and she's like, you you keep pumping up this Neo Geo. You keep talking about how amazing it is. And she's used to newer console stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it is amazing. And she's like, what should we play? And so we literally played Nightmare in the Dark from beginning to end. We just loaded up all the quarters we could and just played through it. And by the end of it, she was like, that was really fun. And I'm like, hell yeah, it was like the best <laughs> best date night ever like we just blasted through nightmare in the dark it's a great game yeah awesome uh it looks like a halloween style parasol stars man it looks yeah cool yep it is super cool all right man i've got one more game to talk about and this one is kind of a, a newer one i just played it last night with dave we had a game night played for about three plus hours we played uh it takes two which it's all the raves it's all yeah. the rapes these kids are talking about it i had zero plans of buying it and you said all the kids are talking about it i had zero plans of buying it until my son was like you should really buy this game it looks amazing i've been watching it on youtube Um, so uh so that i did man I, i bought the fucking game and it is really good um it's unusual uh i will say in that the theme is about a couple of parents who are getting a divorce and their daughter makes a pair of like handmade dolls, almost like voodoo dolls of them. And then she cries uh, on the voodoo dolls. And then next thing you know, their spirits are transported into these voodoo dolls and they have to, Josh, they have to work together to get out of this. Right. Oh, so, yeah, it's it's that. Message. Old. Yeah, there's message. there's the message. So Dave and I were kind of having fun with it and we were going the other way with it. You know, we're 
uh, I was pretending because I was playing as the wife and I was like, you know, calling him impotent and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, just saying, we're not getting back together. I don't care how well you helped me out on that stage. It's over, you fucker. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the theme is a little heavy and, and frankly, like a little ham fisted, a little heavy handed. Um, I don't know how it's going to end. I both Dave and I think that they're going to try to throw a twist in there and the, the parents are not going to get together at the end. And it's going to be a whole lesson and the whole deal. But whatever. Um, the, but let's talk oh, about yeah. the gameplay. So the gameplay is like really great. It's a platformer um, and it's a platformer where you really do have to work together. So it's not like um, you both walk around with the same exact abilities at the same time. Um, one person, for example, might have um, this gun that shoots like a glob like this globby shit that's basically like c4 right and then the other person has a gun that'll shoot bullets that blows up the globby c4 like shit right so you have to work together and the, the globby stuff also weighs down you know different things so if you need a platform to fall down it'll shoot some globby stuff on it and it'll come down anyway that's only one of the examples because in every stage your abilities kind of change um so it's not like you know, you've got the globby gun and the bullet gun throughout the whole game. No, it, it changes literally every stage. So every every stage you have to try to work together in different ways. So in one stage, one of you has like a hammerhead and the other one has a nail gun. So, you know, the person with the nail gun has to shoot the nail into the wall and then the hammerhead has to like either pound it in or swing on it with the hook part of the hammer. And you, So the whole point is like you really have to put your heads together and try to figure out how to get through levels. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a puzzle platformer. Um, those are not my typical like favorite types of games, the puzzle platformers. This is more like a straight-up platformer where every level you play as like a different mascot almost, you know, like like uh, let's say one level or you know, let's you know, let's go back to our old uh, our, our our favorite days, the 16-bit days. So like one level you're playing as Mario where you just run really fast and butt stomp things or whatever. The next level you're playing as um, Sonic where you just zip through stuff. And the next level, you're playing as everybody's favorite 16-bit mascot, Bonk, where you're using your headbutt and maybe your teeth or whatever, right? So yeah. um, so it's like every level, you have to learn a new ability. You know, you're playing the same character, but you learn a new ability, and, and both of you have to kind of work together. And I think it's got pretty good replay value in that regard because, let's say, you know, Dave and I play through it together. I play as the wife. He plays as the husband. Next time we play it, it's a different experience because maybe I play as the husband, he plays as the wife. So we play through the game again, different abilities, and see how the game plays that way. So that's neat. It's neat, man. Um, you know, freaking super high production values. It looks gorgeous. Tons of voice acting going on throughout the whole thing. Tons of dialogue. You know, they're like constantly chattering with each other. Um, sometimes, you know, pleasantly, sometimes bickering, you know, divorcing parents. Um, but uh, really, really cool, man. And from what I understand, it's rather quick. It's around 10 hours total to get okay. through. Uh, Dave and I played through the first three or four worlds last night, and it was it was fun, man. It was fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm still like, man, this is an interesting theme, you know, of a game. Um, and yeah. and like I said, a little heavy handed in parts, but um, they managed to um, they managed to cram a very charming and whimsical platformer into a game about divorce. <laughs> I had no idea that was the uh, the storyline preface over it. I, I I seen the kids playing it and they enjoy it and they because there was a demo out of it out or whatever and then they were just like oh we gotta get we gotta get this we gotta get this and I didn't realize that there was that much of a message to it. But that's that's really slick. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So who who made this? 
Uh, man, what are they called? Uh, they're the ones who made the, um, fuck. Um, was it two brothers? Two brothers. No, uh, it was, uh, there's shit. I'm, I'm looking it up quick. They're the okay. ones, they, they made the, uh, game about the two dudes busting out of prison. Um, two bad dudes. <laughs> Haze Light Games. Oh, okay. uh, uh, Haze Light Studios. A Way Out. They made, uh, they made this and A Way Out. Okay. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure one of them, like one of the heads of this company, is the one that got super famous for flipping off the camera at the Game Awards and going off on a tangent about something. Oh, he, he wow. had he had like a brief moment of uh, internet stardom. Oh, so that guy. Uh, he oh, he was like he like he was like fuck the Oscars. These are the real award show, or you know whatever. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah, he did some sort of thing. Which whatever. He had a few drinks apparently. So that's <laughs> it, man. That's it for our. Uh, I believe, right? I'm I'm not skipping anything, am I, Josh? I don't well, want to no, no, piss no, you I off think, this week. No, you didn't. Uh, no, you you hit on every nail on the head this time. Uh, but I do have kind of a um, a newsworthy question of for you. All right. Well, should we save it for the last question, and I will. Uh, I'll have you do that. I'll have you do I the honors this week. Love that. Thank you. All right. You. Before we do that, let's do some new releases. All right. So coming up this week is Poison Control for PS4 and Switch. Uh, Ash Walkers for PC. No idea what that is. This one's interesting. Saga Frontier Remastered for PS4, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. It's on everything, man. Uh, they're apparently really making a push to bring the Saga games back because it seems like there's one released every year or re-released every year. And then finally, this is maybe the big one. I don't know. Super Meat Boy Forever for pretty much wow. every console. Uh, well, except for Switch, apparently. But anyway, Super Meat Boy Forever. So that's interesting. I've, I, I'm, I, I can't say I'm a huge Super Meat Boy fan, but... I know there are those who are. So with that, Josh, give me your last question. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a newsworthy last question for you, sir. Um, so uh, after, say, the Sega Genesis and Sega Saturn years, maybe even maybe even the Dreamcast, let's say that. Sure. What would you say was your favorite Sonic game not named Sonic Mania that came out after the Dreamcast? Oh, God, dude. I know you're <laughs> sifting through a lot of garbage. I don't know. I kind of gave up on Sonic after a while. Um, there was one Sonic game. So honestly, like I honestly have not played hardly any of them after the Dreamcast, um, except for the aforementioned Sonic Mania. Uh, there was one. Ah, shit, where was it? Was it on the Wii? Um, yep. What was it called? I'm looking it up now. There's a few. Uh, there was a few on the Wii. Was it but, Colors? Um, was it Sonic Colors? It was. And interestingly enough, someone, yeah. Sega, trademarked Sonic Colors Remastered. Really? Really, that's bit. It just came out a little bit ago. Um, the voice actor studio called IK Sample is now listed as working on the Sonic Colors Remastered storyline and uh, dialogue for the game. Uh, Sonic Colors originally launched on the Wii and DS, I guess, in November of 2010. I didn't even know the DS version was a, was a thing. I played it on Wii, and I actually really liked it. Yeah. It's, um, it's got a good mix of the 2D and 3D, and it's a very pretty game, even for the original Wii. So if you loved that game, that's kind of cool. There's apparently going to be a remastering coming. All right. Well, look at that. You got a little bit of quasi-news in there, thanks to Josh. 
Well, I thought you were going to say Sonic Boom or maybe Sonic 06. <laughs> yeah, Sonic 06 for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, so that is it. We did a little bit of a long one today, but that's all right. Um, if you want to find more of our stuff, you can do so uh, at mojomenace.com, where we have forums, mojomenace.com slash forums. On the top right of that page is a link to our Discord chat, and people are always chatting there, so come hang out with us. Uh, there's not an asshole in sight. Uh, YouTube.com, except for Josh, uh, YouTube.com slash Mojo Menace is where all our video stuff goes. And on the social medias, you can find us everywhere at Mojo Menace. Josh, where can they find you? Trade me Neo Geo games, guys. <laughs> you can, you can at me at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore as it is the most important underscore in all of the internet. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.